Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. Welcome back to Andy Raymond Unfiltered, the Legend series with Bob McCarthy. This amazing story continues. Before we talk test footy, we've got to talk about your omission from the 67 Kangaroo Tour, the best back rower in the game, but a back rower was playing on the edges as instructed by club coach. Is that what cost you? Yeah, well, they said while I was out there I wasn't doing much defence, but mm. they didn't watch me pretty good because I didn't stay out there all the time. I was only there for a while, and then when we had, when they got the ball, I creeped back into the forwards. And yep. we had a thing there with Bobby Moses. I was a bit faster than Bobby, and okay. Bobby Bobby got stuck in the forwards. That the game pl- the game plan was for me just to stay there, stay in the centre. So Bobby works his way back, and I work my way back in again. Yep. So I can still hold up my end, and he can hold up the forward end, and. Um, Apparently that's what happened, and a couple of years later, well, they didn't. It wasn't so much me. They didn't take Arthur Beetson away or Bobby Fulton, and there's two two immortals and, yep. and one good-looking bloke. That that's right. <laughs> and three years later, I remember Arthur, um, uh, the head Henry Porter, chairman of selectors, yep. come out and said we made a mistake leaving leaving those three behind, but they still won the Ashes anyway. But we, all, it's funny, we all finish up captain Australia. Yeah, and and, um, and you know they they did they did admit that it was was uh, they'd done the wrong thing, but. I remember when we went, when they went over there, Reg Gazney said to Ronnie Coote, first game he played, he said, get out in the centres with me and stop this uh, Neil Fox. So he yeah, he said, get out here in the centres with me. You tackle him and I'll, sa- I'll save myself up for running, you know. Was captaining your country your standout memory of wearing green and gold or was yeah, there something was else? Yeah, great. I would have loved to have Captain South to a premiership but Sat said that honour and um, – uh, yeah, Captain Australia was great, although it only lasted half a game. <laughs> they got me in the back with me shoulder and um, um, half-time Chang said, your shoulder all right? I said, yeah, it doesn't feel good. I said, um, I think they, they sort of held me up and I think Brian Lockwood or someone done one of those flying leaps they do in, in wrestling. Yep. And he come and he dived into me back with his knee. He's brought his knee up into me back and I could feel something move. It's, there was a clunk. I thought, oh, I feel right and. Went in at half time and Chang said, you, you sure you're all right? I said, mate, I'm, I'm just, I'll be sweet. I said, I got, he said, I've got Madison over there. I said, I know, mate. I said, but I'm, I'm sweet. And straight after half time, Arthur's put me through a hole and 60 yards up down was the try line, the way I've gone. And uh, I'm thinking I'm home and I'm home and home. And all of a sudden, I think Roger Millwood or someone come from behind the ankle tapped me. Mm. And there's the down, I've gone bang, bang. And I bounced over the try line and shoulder popped straight out the first time. And Remember Bozo picking me up and he's saying, Oh, good on your Mac, good on your Mac. I said, Oh, watch out, my shoulder, my shoulder. He said, You're right. He said, You're only winded. I said, Winded. I said, What's this here? My shoulder was sticking out opposite where it should have been. Oh. And uh, he said, Oh, my God. And then they, they, Alf Richards come on. And he said, I can't put it in, Mac. You'll have to. No, he said, um, He pulled it in. And then uh, we went back in the game and he said, You're all right. I said, We're all right now. I said, Good as gold. And then Arthur was getting pushed around by the Pommy front row in the yep. scrum. And he said to me, quick, get me up, Macca, get me up. I'm collapsing. And I sort of put my shoulder, I, I had it under his arm, under his bum sort of thing. Yep. So I'd still tight. And then when he was losing his power, I had to put my arm around him that way and then weight sort of their weight come through and all of a sudden it clunked out again. But I remember going back and 
pulling back through the scrum and Paulie's sake was locked and he's saying, what are you, where are you going? I said, get out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> and I've got there and I'm on the ground, I'm trying to cluck it back in again, it wouldn't go in and then Alf come on, he said, you have to come off, Macker. He said, it's, uh, you're in spasm. I said, oh, what does that mean? He said, oh, we'll have to get you off and relax you. And there was no needles or anything in those days, so um, we went off and then they got this little pommy doctor and he was about as, he was about as big as Jimmy Cassidy, <laughs> and he'd been drinking scotch all day. And he's 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 up on my shoulder like a monk, and he's try, he's got his shoulder, he's got his knee in my hair, and he's trying to pull me shoulder. And after about two minutes, I had tears in my eyes, and I said, "Doc, I said, do me a favour. I said, get off me." I said, "He said you're in a spasm, lad." I said, "I said, Doc, get off me." Anyway, they took me to hospital, and Greg Pierce was the. Uh, Greg Pierce was the uh, duty boy. He had to come yeah. with me to hospital, and we got to hospital. And there's this big queue. Apparently, in those days, there was a big compo thing going on in England. People were going in for a sore toe to get compos and cut fingers and whatever. And there's a big queue of all these wow. West Indians and Indian yeah. people. All you know, but they had to get in the queue. And I said, "Go up the front and get me in." I tell him I've got a dislocated shoulder. And I still have my, still in my gear, football boots and my gear and all that. And uh, he's gone up there. He came back. He said, "No." He said, "They said you got to wait your turn." I, said, oh, I waited, waited, and I said, "Mate." And anyway, the game was over and well, we didn't know. And then Charlie Gibson came running in and said, how are you going? I said, I'm still in the queue. He said, you, you've been waiting here all this long. It was about two hours. I said, yeah, mate. I said, Charlie, go and fix this up, mate. I'm going to go and jump under a bus. Yeah. I can't stand the pain because everything was torn. You know, all the muscles are torn, all the tissues. Anyway, um, he come back and started swearing, where's this and where's that? And they took me off and pulled me into a little room, give me a needle, knock me out. And when I woke up, it's all strapped up. Shell is all strapped up with all this um, bandages, you know. So I thought, oh, thank God for that. So I've gone back to the hotel. At, um, I hope we stayed that year. I think we're in Bradford anyway. We're going back to the hotel and all the boys are all celebrating. No, Huddersfield, the George Hotel, where, they, where, 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 the, where the league was originated from. And I've come back and all the boys are all drinking around the bar there. And Lurch saw me, big John O'Neill. He yep. said, um, he said, oh, Mac, you're all right. I said, I'm all right, mate. Yeah, good as gold. And he said, I'll run a bar for you upstairs. And I said, oh, thanks, mate. I said, oh, you know, stay yours. I'll be right. He said, no, I'll run the bar for you. So we've got up there and he's ran the bath. There's only one bath on each floor, by the way. You know, that was for <laughs> Oh, shared, shared <laughs> so wasn't much water. There wasn't much water going around. So anyway, he's got the bath there and he said, jump in. And I said, all right. So anyway, I've jumped in and he's washing all my face because all my arm, one arm's all tied up. You know yep. what I mean? He's washing my face and washing my arm. That's good. Wash it under my arm and now that, then he's come down to the, my legs and, and I'm thinking, oh, this is not going to look very good. And then he's come up and he's washed my legs and he's come up to my thighs and all that type of stuff and I thought, oh, Jesus, this is nice. <laughs> and all of a sudden he got the face flannel and frilled in my face and said, I'm not that good a mate. I said, oh, Lurch, I said, you had me friggin' worried then. <laughs> <laughs> when he's coming towards the crown jewels, I thought, oh, my God, this is going to be nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. How's the body now at 70-something years of age? Oh, I've had two hip replacements. I've had a, a knee replacement. I've, I've had a back operation. So uh, other than that, I'm all right. But What's day-to-day living like? Is, is there a pain there? Oh, yeah. but uh, My ankles. I done my ankles in France in 1972, the World Cup. Um, yep. I don't know if you see it on video there. Arthur Beetson puts me through a hole. And I'm running down to score a try against England, and all of a sudden I disappeared off the face of the earth. Apparently, the groundsman that morning for the water sprinklers didn't put the top back on again. So when I'm running, I'm going down the hole where the tap is. And luckily for me, as, I was, as I've gone down, Bozo raced up alongside and said, When you're ready, and I give the ball to him, and he raced over and scored. <clears throat> so when I got up, I said to Alf Richards, he said, 
geez, your ankle's up. And I said, he said, didn't you strap your ankles? I said, yeah. He said, look at the size of it. And I said, well, mate, you better strap your thing up, you know. Anyway, um, he strapped it up with the outside of my boot. Anyway, when, he, when we got come off the field, we finished up getting beat. I, I stayed on the field because mm. I didn't want to come off. I stayed on the field. That's when I kicked that field goal. Okay. Anyway, um, come, I come off and Elf's taken the stuff off my boot. And then he said, um, you saw you strapped your ankles? I said, yeah. And then he pulled my sock off. All the strapping I had on me all peeled off the glue. So the force of the trauma, oh. when my, head, my leg went down and you know, I was plus a 16, 12 or something, yep. 16, 10. The force of that just ripped the whole bandage off the glue off on, on my leg. So I was out for the trip. My leg just blew up and then that was this. Tour over. Tour yeah. over. Tour over and um, they watched all the – remember the, the final was 12 all and mm. they, they won on the countback because of that game, you know. And um, The coaching bug, some say it's addictive. Was it for you? Brisbane Souths in 80, 81, 82, three grand finals, one premiership. Courtesy of a try that included Chris Field and Mal Meninga and Mickey Reardon. Yeah, I I enjoyed myself up in Queensland. I um I was I was I was working for Nightingale Chemicals at the time, and um, down here I was their public relations guy. Like I was going around for all the reps in the area, getting them into all the pubs for all the cleaning gear and all the clubs and all that type of stuff. They yeah. used to use my name, and I uh, they had a pretty successful sort of coup with that. And they said, "Oh, will you go to Queensland and help the reps up there?" Because people knew me up there, and yeah. like they wouldn't know me in Western Australia or Victoria. And I said, "Yeah, I'll, I'll do the trip." So I've gone up there, and and um, but one of the last calls, I said, "Well, let's go into the Brisbane Hotel." Yep. Gary Balkan that owned it. I said, "I'm, I'm a good mate of his. Um, go in there and get all his business because he, he was the biggest pub in Brisbane." Yep. So we're going in there, and there was all this frivolity going on, and and um, I saw all these footballers, and I thought, "Oh, what's going on?" And they said, "Oh." This is the South football team. They just got beaten the grand final yesterday by Valley, and uh, and just reminiscing. And then the the chair, uh, the president, came over, a bloke called Tony Tester, came over and yes. said, "Oh, are you uh, you Bob McCarthy?" I said, "Yeah." He said, are you "Any good at coaching?" I said, "Coach was Wayne Bennett." Yep. And I said, uh, oh, "I don't know. I only just retired last year." They said, "Oh, there's a job there if you want it." I said, uh, "Oh, I said I don't make deals in pubs." I said, uh, "Ring me tomorrow if you want to talk." Because I had no intention of coaching anyone. Yeah. I just finished playing, you know, and uh, sit, trying to set up in Queensland for all these reps. And uh, the next day he rang me and he said, "Oh, we, he said we'll give you twenty five thousand a year for three year, uh, for for two years." And I thought twenty five thousand dollars. They said, "Yeah." I said, oh, "Jesus Christ!" No, no one in Sydney was getting that. Yeah. So I said, "I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll think about it." He said, "Ring me tonight," and I ring him the, the next the night, and I he's. I said, oh, look, I'm thinking about that after. He said, look, we'll make it three. I said, I, can't, I couldn't come up for two years. Yep. He said, we'll make it three. Just like that. And I said, okay, you got me. So I rang Judy up and I said, you're coming to Queensland. She said, oh, we come for Ola. I yeah. said, no. <laughs> we come there for three years. He said, what for? I said, well, I'm going to coach up there. I'm going to get 25 grand a year for three years. He said, Jesus Christ. You're listening to Andy Raymond Unfiltered, the Legends series. We have corporate and private sponsorship packages available. You set the terms. For further information on how you can become part of the team, go to the website andyraymondunfiltered.com.au and hit the sponsorship tab. Anyway, uh, so we come back and away we went and and, uh, got all the players together and 
and we made sure that everyone trained together for Tuesday night. Yep. There was five grades up there. Then there was first grade, second grade, third grade, under 21s, and an open grade like blokes that just couldn't make it yep. and, and didn't want to Almost like an A grade. A grade, yeah. yeah. So we had five comps, and I said, everyone's going to train here on for Tuesday with me, and we'll, we'll put them through. We had, we had three or four captains, and yep. some would go and do defence, and then some do running with the ball, and some would do this as a scrummage or whatever. Backs would do sprints with the sprint coach. Then they'd move around, and then on a Thursday night, they went to their respective coaches, okay. so, which they'd never ever done before. Yep. So over that four years I was there, we won 11 premierships in all grades, and wow. up until I went there, they'd won a comp since 1952 in any grade, and they had Wayne Bennett, Harry Bath coaching, they had Brian Briggs from England, they put all these coaches out and couldn't win a comp. We went up there and just... Just well, it's got them a fit and just done a done a, a basic what's the name what they've done in Sydney, and uh, all these premierships come and then when he started paying me in dollar dollar notes, I said to Judy, I think I'm I'm gone here at the club. She said, Why? She said, Well, they're paying me in dollar notes, and uh, she said, Well, you better ask what's going on. And I went and saw Tony. I said, Tony, haven't you got any money the next year? He said, Oh, he said well, you sent us broke. I said, well, Didn't you budget for everything? He said, No, we only budget for you. We only budget for first grade. We didn't budget for all these other grades that you've won. Wow. And we're going to give them $20, $20 each or 20 whatever it was back then, 30 or 40 50 bucks a game. We didn't budget for them. And they won all these grades. That means they kept winning every week since he said we're broke. So I said, oh, all right. And anyway, I've got a job on Channel 7 up there Yep. with uh, David Fordham. And I used to do the rugby league show with him of a, of a Sunday. Yes. And I, I just done that. And then I'd done with John McCorby called the blank games from Link Park. Yep. So I just give coaching away. Then I had a, I had a camping shop in the valley, and um, Ron McCullough came in there one day and said, "Oh, will you coach Brisbane?" I said, "Oh, no, nah, I couldn't coach Brisbane. No, he wanted to coach Queensland." I said, "No, nah, I couldn't coach Queensland." He said, "Oh, why?" I said, "Oh, in South Wales, black." Yeah. He said, "Well, Graham Lowe's. No, that's right. He said, "Well, Graham Lowe's interested." I said, "I don't care what Graham Lowe's does." I, nah. I said, "No, I can't do it." So anyway, he put Graham Lowe in, and he said, "Well, you coach the Brisbane side." The Panasonic, the Panasonic Cup. In Cup. I said, "I'll do that." Yeah. And we won that. Yeah. And, one uh, of the great upsets, that was. Yeah, oh, well, one of the great stories. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, lo and behold, nineteen eighty-seven, um, the guys from um, Porky Morgan, the, they, they get the, the Broncos side yep. up, and they said, "Will you be interested in coaching them?" I said, "Oh, yeah, for sure." Said, "You're going to have all these Lewises and all them blacks." I said, "Yeah." I said, "Oh, I'll coach them." So they said, "You got the job." So I, I met Porky down at um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a hotel in in. The bottom of uh, oh, in Brisbane on the river there, where that uh, where the sort of Hyde Park is, sort of thing. I bet there's a hotel in there. And Gary Borkin ring me up from the. He was one of the directors. He said, "Oh, you come and Porky wants to have a talk to you before you, you with the Broncos thing." I said, "Yeah, good as gold." And I remember he was sitting there and he's mopping up his eggs with his toast. He said, "Ali Ann or Wally Lewis?" And I said, um, "Not a problem." I said, "I coached him a couple of years ago." I said, oh, "No problem. We won the comp and all that." Yes. He said, "Okay, you got the job." Jumping the thing, and the way he went on his plane because he was, he was doing that movie um, with Paul, Paul, um, Paul uh, what is it? Crocodile Dundee. It was Paul the, Hogan, of Paul course. Paul Hogan. Yeah. It, was, it was doing, he was setting that all up. Okay. So he took off, and um, so I was rang up Bruce Hatcher, and it was my, it was now the chairman of the Rugby League in Queensland. He was an accountant. I said, Bruce, uh, I said, well, you get a contract up for me. I've got this new Broncos job. He said, yeah, good as gold. Then I was working back to the shop in the valley, and I was, Working there that afternoon, and he got a phone call from Bruce. He said, "You sure you got this Valley uh, Broncos job?" I said, "Yeah, why?" He said, "Well, 
I, I manage Wayne Bennett too. And he said, he said he's got it. <laughs> so I rang up Gary Borkin from the Brisbane Hotel. I said, mate, what's going on? I said, have I got this job or not? He said, you wouldn't believe it. He said, Porky's bumped into Jack Gibson at the airport. And he said, who would you hear about a McCarthy or uh, Bennett as coaches? He said, oh, Mac is untried and Bennett's just played in the grand final with um, Canberra. Canberra. So he said, okay. Anyway, he said, so we give the job to Bennett. And I said, oh, well, he can trigger and have it. Anyway, Without telling you? Yeah. yeah. And I thought, oh, well, that's the way it is. And then, lo and behold, um, then a month later, Bullfrog rings me up. And he says, uh, we've got this new job, mate, coming out of the, uh, the Gold Coast. He said, uh, um, I'm going to be the secretary manager. Johnny Sattler's going to be an owner, Bob Hagen and Peter Gallagher and all that, all these names off. I said, uh, oh, yeah. And I said, uh, he said, and I'm going to be the secretary. And I said, you got any players this year? I'm bringing up Steve Mortimer, Chris Mortimer, and someone else, Steve Folks or someone like that. And I said, oh, that's good. I said, uh, but who else you got? He said, that's it. And I said, they play in a couple of months. <laughs> yeah. This was about the end of October. Anyway, uh, I, I sat screaming up. He said, will you take the job? And I said, mate, you got no players. I said, uh, it's going to be too, it's too hard. I said, we're Brisbane. I said, the side's there. You know, yep. the, the, you know, we just picked the Queensland side. And uh, he said, oh, mate, you can do us a favour and all that anyway. Finally relented. I said, oh, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll take it up. Pick up the paper next day and Bullfrogs, he was just using the, can- the, the Gold Coast and get more money out of Canterbury. And he re-signed with Canterbury and… And I kept was, the Mortimers Kept and the folks. Mortimers and all that. So yeah. I said, okay, who we got now? And Bobby Hagan said, well, we got no one. So I said, oh, that's good. So what are we going to do? And they said, well, we'll have to go and get all these players. I said, well, where are you going to get them from? They said, oh, well, there's a few down here that, um, you know, that's got promise and all that. I said, mate, you want to win games, don't you? You've got to win games to get people in. Yep. I said, you've got to go and buy some names. And they said, well, all the names are all taken. Wally and all them are all gone and whatever. And I said, they said, oh, we've got Chris Close that was keen to come in and Micah Eden and all that. And they said, we might get that Ron Gibbs. And I said, oh, yeah. I said, okay, make an appointment. We'll go down and see him. So they booked the, um, the, the Hilton Hotel in Pitt Street there, when, yep. one that got bombed. We we went down there and met him and remember saying I was, they said oh well, Ronnie Gibbs I said we'd love to get this Gibbs black I said he's not a bad player mm. I mean the others all agreed and Billy Johnson agreed and and uh, they said I said how much will I offer this Ron Gibbs and they said offer him two hundred and fifty thousand for three years I said geez that's that's a good contract so I said to Ronnie um, we met in there and I said Ron um, mate there's eighty three thousand a year for three years and he's saying uh, oh he said I'm I'm man look I'm I'll win another comp if I stay at Manly, and if I stay with Manly, I'll play for Australia this year. I said, mate, it's 83000 mm. a year. And he went, yeah, I know. I said, you're not getting that much at Manly. I said, no, no, I know you're not even getting half that much. He said, "He said, oh, look, I can't he get all these excuses. And I said, mate, well, look, I'll just have to give the quarter of a million dollars to someone else. And he went, what quarter of a million? And I thought, hello, the 83 a year didn't mean a thing to him. Yeah. He didn't add them up. And he said, what quarter of a million? And I said, uh, I, I, you know, it was like catching the fish, and I've, yep. I've, I'm real only men. I said, mate, it's all, be all there for you um, as soon as you sign a contract. Well, he, he broke my arm getting the pen off me. <laughs> <laughs> so we got him, and then we got a lot of some blokes out of Brisbane comp, you know, yep. the, the Jimmy, Jimmy Cowell, all these blokes. And anyway, um, it was always going to be a struggle because they had all the best players. And we never ran last in the two, years, two or three years I was there, but I liked it. Then um, I just sort of didn't. Chopped off, and when yep. that happened, and I come down to South and uh, Sydney and bought the unit underneath there. And when we lived here first, before we got this place, and um, 
I remember when Souths were going ordinary at the time and I ring up George, I said, you got any coaching spots there? And he said, um, oh, we might be doing something at the end of the year. He said, but Alan Jones is coming over. I said, oh, Jesus, what's yeah. he want to do? He said, oh, but he'll, he'll only do his part. He'll get the players the money and all that. So anyway, I agreed to terms with him. I said, okay, I'll do it. And then when Alan came in, it was just something else. He um, he just wanted to run the show and, and I finished up. We won the pre-season, Com. Yes. And then I bailed out after about two games. Canterbury knocked us over at the sports ground here and a little um, little halfback, little 17 or 18 year old halfback from Newcastle carved us up one game there. kid by the name of Andrew John. Yep. He carved us up and then I said to Judy, I'm giving this away. I said, I can't coach this side. He's put, he's put his head in all the time. And, and I just sort of bailed out and that was it for me. I just lost interest in it and... Um, now I find out they're getting a million dollars a year. I want to get back in there again. That's right. <laughs> Alan Jones at South Sydney, it just it didn't work. I don't think it was ever going to work, to be uh, honest. And maybe uh, that's hindsight talking, but yeah. Mate, an that, odd fit. Well, it is. Well, Alan's a great after-dinner talker and all that, you know, and he's, yep. he's, he's great to listen to, sensational. He's, he does all his research. He yep. does it all done. He's good. But the players don't want to know about Ivan Lendl pulling the hamstring at half-time and winning in five sets. They want to know how to stop Mel Meninga. Yep. And he couldn't do that. And uh, I sort of left and then he, he put his friend in, um, um, Kenny Shine in. And yes. Then oh, I think from there they just went downhill Turned after that. Shit. Yeah. Now they lost a lot of players too in the process because George just couldn't afford anyone. I mean, they, yep. they had Ian Roberts and Manly off in 250 a year or something, which was unheard of. And then they had Craig Wing, they had Braith and Astor, they had Terry Hill, they had Jim Sedaris, they had uh, Jimmy Dimmick, they had all these young champions yep. all played for Australia, come out of the juniors. But they couldn't afford them, and they watched them progress and play for Australia in other in other, other clubs, which yeah. is yeah. a nightmare for any club. While you're still playing, Bob, you're awarded on the Queen's Birthday Honours list with an MBE, the most excellent order of the British Empire, which is an order of chivalry rewarding community contributions. You're only the second player ever to receive this whilst still playing. Where does an acknowledgement like that sit in your world? <laughs> Well, it was hard to believe when I first got the letter. Mm. I was checking to see um, where Langlands' name was or Bozo's, <laughs> Bozo's postcode. I was checking to see where it was and then I thought, this is really official. And uh, I thought to myself, geez, there's a better, better play than me out there and mm. I wondered why I got it and um, I was really appreciative of the fact and that's it on the wall there. If you can just see around the corner there. I can. Yeah, and that's uh, – I got that off Our Majesty the Queen and um, for a little boy from Redfern, a little snotty-nosed kid from Redfern, it was, uh, it was truly a feather in the cap and, and I was really appreciative and didn't, didn't thought – I thought there's better players than me or good as players as me out there, like Ron Coote and all these mm. guys. But I think at the time too, I think I may have got a leg up with the Labor Party. Yes. Because Ronnie Coote was doing stuff for the Liberal Party yep. and – Gough Whitlam's offside has got me to do a couple of um, functions down where they needed to be. Yeah. One was up at Mulumbar. Okay. And they got in there. And one was down at Wagga. And that guy got in because I had a function prior to the thing. Yeah. And it was very ironic that out of the blue came this thing while Gough Whitlam was still in power. So I think me being a Labor man at the time, because <laughs> Ronnie Coop was as good as me, if not better. Yeah. And, uh, he said, how did you get that friggin' MP? <laughs> Helping I said, I told you not to go to the friggin' that 
Tom Lewis bloke. He was Tom Lewis bringing Tom Lewis to the yeah. games. Oh, Ronnie was always bringing blokes in. He was bringing the bloke in from Toosbury. I said, "What are you bringing this bloke in for?" He said, "Don't worry about it." You know, six months later, he's got a brewery truck for nothing. Like he, that, he was never backward in coming forward. Brewery. The old arc kid. Named in the South Sydney Dream Team, also in the list of the game's greatest 100 players ever. The NRL Hall of Fame as well. In retirement, are you able to appreciate the accolades even more? Um, well, it's good to, to, to be acknowledged like that. You know, as I said before, I I just wanted to play for South. You know, I didn't realise all this was going to come, all these yep. premierships and playing for Australia and Captain Australia and MBEs and all this type of stuff. I was just quite happy just to roll along the punches and um, to have it all come along. I I treasure everything, although now I'm dirty. I'm not in the Australian Hall of Fame. Yeah. I just haven't been in there yet, so I don't know whether I've played enough test matches or whatever. But Matter of time. Matter of time, so hopefully I can get in there. But um, for a little kid from Redfern, as I said before, that had aspirations just to wear the red and green jumper, um, to be acknowledged by all those um, accomplishments, um, accomplishments, so I... Very, very proud of. What are you most proud of across the footballing journey? Is there something that stands out above others? Oh, the first grand final. Yep. You know, people always say, oh, it isn't, isn't playing for Australia the, the, the biggest thing you can get? I said, oh, well, it is in a way. I said, but when I was a kid without being so big-headed, I was always told when I, when I first started playing, I'd play for Australia one day. Yep. But no one ever told me I'd captain. A, I'd play for South Sydney in the Premiership winning team. No one ever yeah. said that. Everyone just said, "Oh, you'll play for Australia one day." When I played Presidents Cup, they said you'll play for Australia. When I played Jersey Fleet, it was all it was just something I just everyone just said. So I just took yep. it for granted. But no one ever said you'll you'll win a Conference House one day. And then and the day we done it, it was truly great because over those what nine months, you, you know you. Your family, pluck, you were you plucking away and yeah. all that, and you're doing this, and you're going to work, and you're. Well, I, just, I got married at eighteen, so so I had a family to look after, and, and to win the comp at nine after nine months of toil and and and, so, and you know and toil and misery, um, was great to get get that blazer up, and that was obviously the the best accolade I could have. We learn across our journey. Is there anything you'd take back or do differently? Have you got a regret? Uh, no, I think I could have tried harder in the sixty-five grand final. Okay. You know, we, we only got beat 12-8 and we beat St George three times during the year. And we had a, when we beat them, we had a guy called Richie Powell, big, baldy-headed front rower, tough as nails, come from Waterloo. And he, he had himself and Ron Coote getting down the blind side when we beat him in those three games. Mm. And Richie unfortunately broke his shoulder in the, in the final against North Sydney and couldn't make it in the fi- grand final, so... We all had to sort of stand around waiting for Richie, and Richie weren't there, so we had to sort of just put our head down and barge. Yep, it was only three yard rule back then, I think. So it was just back, just put your bum down and barge, and they, yep. and they left gaps for us for us to come through, and then that's squash you. And we found out in that St George Grand Final that there was two St Georges, one that played during the year, and one that played in Grand Finals, and the one that played in Grand Finals is the one that won eleven premierships. Yep. The Rugby League world watched your arrival in 1963 and marvelled at your talents on the field for decades. Anyone lucky enough to have shared company off the field admired your character, your depth, your raw honesty, your charisma and your nature. It has been an absolute pleasure. Bobby McCarthy, you, sir, are a legend. Thanks very much, Andy. You should have been my manager. I should have. (laughs) You could have been mine. (laughs) What a career. 
What a guy, what a story. This special episode was presented by our sponsors, Griffin Air Conditioning and Galaxy Finance. Their company details and websites are on our website, andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. Be sure to check them out and support those that support us. The Legend Series is a deep dive into not only the athlete but the man behind. Celebrating successes, dealing with failures and turning obstacles into challenges. It drops on a Monday. Later in the week, the Weekly Wodge is released. On any one episode, you'll hear up to a dozen of the game's finest, both former and current. We talk footy and have a couple of laughs too. Segments, specials and special guests. It's the perfect way to kick off your footy weekend. Saturday is the blast, looking back at a career or a moment in time through the eyes of the athlete involved. It's a short listen and brilliant. Then on Sundays, one-on-one, not a footballer in sight as we chat with boxers, mixed martial artists and professional wrestlers, past and present. The list of names featured reads like a who's who. Make sure you're following us on our social media pages, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening. That way, you won't miss a thing. Make sure you come back soon, legends. Legends.